someone else has already said it best. This is the best, the best of it. The best ones aren't as good as you probably think they are. What is best in life? I did the best I could. Doing my best. 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 singing a music, a, a music hall song. A group of rabbis and priests held demonstrations over this past weekend, and they were demonstrating against a movie called The Life of Brian. Protesters around the world marched against The Life of Brian. It was dropped by financiers, banned by councils, states, even entire countries. But it still managed to get shown and still managed to offend seemingly every world religion. Hello, 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 and welcome to Best of the Best Podcast with myself, Connor Keyes, alongside me as always, Ronan Emmett Brian Mullen. You know the opening song? Yes. The vocalist is 16 years old. Right? Isn't that incredible? That is unreal, actually. I did not know that. And you know in the documentary they remade like the one about the lawyer's cut, like mm-hmm. the five part, she re-sang the song right. for the intro and they changed Brian to Python. But on the, like, she gets more annoyed as every episode goes on, like, she hates singing it. So Bruce Dickinson from Iron Maiden sings the fifth one. <laughs> Big theatrical. <laughs> it's very good. Random as that. It's very good. Uh, yeah, so we're here with uh, Life of Brian. Is it religious? I didn't know that. It's, I think it might be. I don't know. Holy I mean, fucking you'd to, shit. You'd have to dig a bit to get the sort of, the, the, the tone Holy of religion fuck. off it, like, you know. But it's all funny enough. Yes, Monty Python's Life of Brian. Uh known quite a lot by a lot of uh, critics and uh, film magazines across the world as being maybe the best comedy of all time. Mm. I never could argue with that. No. <laughs> it's definitely, it's not their funniest film, but uh, it's their be- most I th- film film, if you know what I mean. Yeah. It yeah. isn't like a pirate sketch is thrown together. I, I, well, I, yeah, I mean, I, I like the It's their most film film. It's their most film film. And the fucking yeah. podcast now. And that's, uh, that's a technical review from uh, our very own Brian. Me. Uh, we have, uh, there's so many things in this. It almost is like sketches put together in the sense that you couldn't, you couldn't pick, like there's so many in the list. To oh, the yeah. point where you're like, should we just play the whole fucking film? Oh, <laughs> because they couldn't choose uh, the scenes, but we've tried to, we've tried to go through it. The, the background to it, we sort of give a wee bit of introduction there. Mm. Um, but a controversy because, as we say, there's slightly touches on religion. They mentioned religion for a minute. <laughs> so uh, people that like religion go buckies. <laughs> uh, so give it a bit of context. I suppose you're talking the 70s. Uh, 70, you're well, the 75 a, that Holy Grail came out. Yeah, that was their first film. First that was their feature first, film. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
there was a film before, but it was just filmed uh, now for something completely different. Yeah. It was just like cinematic versions of their sketches from the Monty Python Flying Circus. Yeah, it was like a montage thing, wasn't it? But almost? like Cleese is already in full Faulty Towers mode. Mm-hmm. Graham Chapman's going on to do films. Eric Idle's doing documentaries and TV shows. Terry Palin, or t- t- Michael Palin's doing his own uh, TV shows. I believe Terry Jones is doing books. He's already wrote like, two mm-hmm. or three books. And Terry Gilliam's prepping for his Hollywood career. So they're off doing their own thing. But on the press junket for the Holy Grail, Eric Idle makes a joke about the next film. And he says it's going to be called Jesus Christ Lust for Glory. (laughs) As a joke, because that's what Patton was called when it came to the UK. Right, okay. The the, the Civil War film or the the, the military film about General Patton is called in the UK Patton. Lust for glory. Right. <laughs> Which is like everybody's taking the piss out of it. Like, why didn't you just fucking call Patton like everywhere else? So they call Jesus Christ Lust for Glory and everybody's busting their holes laughing, but then they walk away and go, Could we do a film about And they're like, nah. Yeah. I, 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 the, the, there's a lot of interviews, obviously, with the with the uh, all members, which you've who you've just listed out there. Um so anybody that doesn't uh, know the Monty Python crew, go and check them out. If you're listening to this and you haven't watched the film, uh please stop. Come you're, back. Uh, you're going to fucking hate us. We're going to tell you a lot of stuff about it. Um, you, it, Well, I mean, it, it kind of follows the storyline of another storyline, but we'll not really get into that because it's, it's not controversial. It's not like, <laughs> well, that's what they, they, were, they, they talked about the fact that whenever they sat down to look at Christ as being the centerpiece, yeah. they realized he was too good. Yeah, it's not funny. It was no fun there. It was no. no laughter. So they that's where the genius comes in by going, well, what about... Somebody at the back of the crowd mm-hmm. who can't hear him, mm-hmm. <laughs> which again nobody ever talks about when no. it comes to that. You know, five thousand people got fed with loaves and fishes, but you're going, how did he tell them all? Exactly, there's no PA system. There's no, no and a lot of the sets and costumes in this film are used from the film Jesus of Nazareth, which yes. was a TV film. But even in that film, it shows crowds of thousands listen yeah. to the Sermon on the Mount, and Jesus is doing his mm-hmm. his platitudes and he's speaking. And that shows the person that the, even in Spartacus it shows people at the back of crowds, yeah. and they're listening intently. And you're like, I can barely hear it with the film. <laughs> so the, yeah, that's so the joke. That's, the joke is how things are interpreted. Yeah, not so, religion itself. They're not digging at Jesus. And what if you, the idea, the premise then? Well, what if you were another guy mm. who was born around the same time, mm-hmm. same sort of circumstances, but just completely unrelated? Yeah, and the fun they have. I mean that scene. We didn't use it then, but the scene with the, uh, like a sermon on the mount where he's talking mm-hmm. and the people are back, and what did he say? Mm-hmm. Speak up. <laughs> Blessed are the cheese makers. <laughs> <Yeah>. Blessed <laughs> are the Greek. Blessed are the, like if we walked away then, would that person then take the word of the Lord as yeah. blessed are the cheese makers? <laughs> the, the blessed, and then whenever they finally go, no, no, he said blessed are the meek. Yeah. And they're like, oh, that's great, because they, they never get anything. <laughs> <laughs> They've had a horrible time. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so the, the background to this, like as I say, the context to it, I suppose, in the 70s, you're talking a very conservative uh, England. Um, you've got the originally EMA signed up to to distribute the film and, and mm-hmm. get involved. Three million, I think, was the budget they needed. Mm-hmm. And uh, things got a wee bit tits up when 11 or 12 pages of the script got leaked. Yeah. And to the White House, and I don't mean the Pennsylvania Avenue, I mean Mary White House. Yep. Big who, M. The Big M who did not like anything dirty. No. No dirt. She, there's a heap of them about Oma. Jesus can't be touched. 
or talked about. And he wasn't. But it didn't matter because... It didn't matter because somebody <laughs> told her he was. Somebody told her it was. Uh, so, yeah, a lot has changed. Nothing's changed. <laughs> Not a fucking <laughs> Not a inch. Uh, so the controversy came around and then EMI backed out. Well, we, we've talked bad about EMI now twice. I oh, know. They fucked up the Sex Pistols and now they're mm-hmm. fucking messing about with Monty's Pythons. But thankfully... Thank fuck for the other artists that we talked about on the podcast. Well, uh, one of them. St. George of Harrison. Yes. Appeared. So, uh, well, actually, they appeared to him, went to visit him in Hollywood. and uh, Well, apparently him and Eric Idle and Keith Moon and Mick Jagger all hung out and jet skied and had the crack together and <laughs> didn't take any drugs. <laughs> of course not. And uh, What a crew. Yeah, George, George Harrison said he actually just wanted to see the film. So he remortgaged his fucking house. <laughs> yeah. Well, he then created a film company which went on to make many fucking brilliant yes. films like With Neil Nye and... Handmade films. Yeah. Uh, Mona Lisa was one of their films, a fucking brilliant film. But that's later right. on when their fu- when that was sold, did you know that that's the company who backed Lockstock? Oh, I didn't know that. Handmade films, yeah. Mm, after good. they sold it. Uh, so, the, yes, so George Harrison sort of saves the day in that sense and they can get uh, stuck into their filming. Now, uh, shot in Tunisia... Mm. Uh, the I mean it looks obviously oh looks yeah the part it's, it's because it's, definitely it's very uh, it's very fitting for them. Um, the the cast as I said the, the they talked about who would play Brian. I think John Cleese wanted it. Um, he desperately wanted. It. He wanted to sort of see what Rain. He wanted to, his words were I wanted to be in something a character that was a whole way through. Mm-hmm. Uh, he hadn't done it before, but they all sort of outvoted him. Um, thankfully. And went for Graham Chapman. I think there was a wee bit of concern about old chappers. And, uh, he liked the booze. The The documentary says two bottles of gin a day. Yeah, he really yeah, liked the booze. He really liked the booze. He, um, I think, but he dried up. He, he dried out, sorry, for this. Mm-hmm. And I think he, he, he didn't really hit the bottle as bad as he used to hit it. Well, they were saying a lot of things went well in this that yeah. came along in the sense that Terry Jones mm-hmm. solely took on the role of director as opposed to... Uh, Holy Grail Where they both did it Him and Gilliam The time Gilliam made sure That the look Yes he he was art director Set designer Everything And that was his But apparently Jones Was really on the ball Yeah So like the very first scene Is the stoning scene Which is fucking brilliant (laughs) Um, Because uh, the guy says Jehovah As I'm saying There's so many scenes We can play It's, it's, It's endless Yeah Every one of them Is polished And to perfection And Hitting so many themes and so many mm-hmm. even modern themes today. Yep. Um, I mean they've they've really were I'm not gonna say ahead of their time because there was no time for that. Nothing has come I don't think a comedy has come as smart since. No. And anything even close to it has been put with a very religious overtone, like Passion of the Christ mm. and you know, and there's been no fucking No, definitely not satirical not looks at religion. No. I've so very brave and I suppose it was t- uh, kind of the I suppose in, in in England, I can only imagine because it was banned here in the whole of Ireland for eight years. Um, so it definitely was one of the key things in a in a cultural shift in regards to religion and, and the control of religion. Yeah. Um. You know, back to the whole thing about we talked about the, the burning of records, mm-hmm. of the Beatles and stuff. And you're going, well, somebody had to buy them. Yeah. Um, there's no such thing as bad publicity. So the more mm-hmm. you pump a film as banned, everybody wants to see it. Absolutely. Uh, and thankfully they did. They really did. Yeah. Um, just back to Terry Gilliam for one minute. He co-directed the Holy Grail, and him and Terry Jones fell out every day. Yeah, and they were best. They were all best friends, like, and they went, "Let's not do that again." Yeah, 
So you focus on what you're good at. And you can clearly see in this film the bits that... Now, Terry, not to, that's not to say Terry Gilliam didn't film some scenes. Yeah. He did. Like the the, the start where the, the three wise men come to the manger. That's Terry Gilliam. And it looks very cinematic as opposed to the rest of the film. And, of course, the intro title sequences, which he notoriously did for Monty Python as well. But the lunacy in the middle where the, the space craft picks up Brian. That's all Gilliam. That's all TG. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that uh, that that probably the <laughs> you lucky boss. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> I was gonna say the weakest link, but it's not a weak link because no, it's so fucking no, it's so just precise, there, like. just right out there for the seventies, and it's just bang on. And again, no drugs were involved. No drugs. Uh, we have, I mean, you, you like Python always do. Then they 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 play multiple characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cleese, I think, is uh, as strong as he's ever been. As you say, he was in full multi, or faulty tires flow at the stage. Yeah, and. Each and every one of the characters, from the Centurion to Reg, and you know, <laughs> he's just got it absolutely bang on. Uh, Palin as well. Michael Palin does a sterling job. Yeah, um, quite a few standout characters. Uh, one of the best is uh, Pontius himself. Yeah, the this character comes up. <laughs> Pontius Pilate comes up like a Roman emperor, mm-hmm. and um, it, it's the, most of the extras in this scene, which I never knew. We're never told anything other than don't laugh. <laughs> so when he's walking up behind them and doing what we're about to hear, uh-huh. the laughter's genuine, or they're trying not to trying laugh, not and to these laugh. boys busting their holes. <laughs> it's the so this is this is the second scene. The first scene has already set the premise. So we already know that Pontius Pilate has a bit of a speech yeah. impediment. Yeah, and uh, he can't pronounce his R's. I can't remember what that's called, but um, it's. I'm not too sure. No, there's I'm, a distinct... I'm, you could guess, but that would be... No, you wouldn't get away with that now. No. You couldn't put out a film or a TV show where somebody has a... Yes, no, no, no. Unless it's actually the person who's acting who has, has a speech impediment. then again, you, they wouldn't cast them in that role because it would become... They are the victim of laughter yeah. in that sense. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, it is, a, it is a very funny scene regardless. It's very, very funny. So the whole point of it is that they've already set the premise that his relative... Or his his friend, his friend. Sorry, uh, biggest dickus. <laughs> they say early on in the film that you know they think it's a joke name, like biggest dickus. And mm-hmm. then Pilate informs the Roman centurion, "I'm very good friends with, with biggest dickus." <laughs> <laughs> so here we are now in the throne room, and uh, biggest dickus is here. Well, Brian, you've given us a good run for money. A what? At this time, I guarantee you will not escape. God, do you have any crucifixions today? 139, sir. Special celebration, Passover, sir. Right, now we have 140. Nice round number, eh, because? <laughs> Hail Caesar! Hail! The crowd outside are getting a bit restless, sir. Permission to disperse them, please? Disperse them? Because I haven't addressed them yet. Ah, uh, no, I know, sir, but my address is one of the high points of the Passover, my friend Biggest Dickers. Come all the way from the world, you got to hear it. Hail Caesar! Hail fever! You're not... Are <laughs> uh, you not uh, thinking of giving it a miss this year, then, sir? Give it a miss? Well, it's just that they're in a rather funny mood today, sir. Really, St. I'm surprised to hear a man like you rattled by a rabble of rowdy rebels. <laughs> a bit funnery, sir. Take him away. <laughs> uh, no, I can prove it honestly and crucify him well. 
afraid it wouldn't, sir. Out of the way, St. Julian. Let me come with you, Pontius. I may be of some assistance if there is a sudden crisis. <laughs> so he's got a lisp. Your boy's got a speech impediment. Yeah. The two boys are about to walk out and address the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> wobble, 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 yeah, and uh, Cleese, that wee glance every time, every I die. time, man. Whenever he takes a glance after he's uh, as in there's two <laughs> double take, oh, <laughs> yeah. it's too good, uh, absolutely brilliant. Uh, so yeah, you've got um, that was Graham Chapman again doing a double role then, since playing biggest dickest, mm-hmm. uh, Palin is involved. Eric Idle has some great, um. We sort of scenes in this as well. The Hagland scene is a yep. fucking great scene. That's brilliant. Uh, where he big nose at the start. <laughs> big nose. <laughs> uh, it's easy for you to say big nose. <laughs> Where's he going with this? <laughs> it's just so good. Maybe. Um, so yeah, they're taking the whole premise that, uh, and so the initial scene when we start off, you've got sort of the 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 birth of a child yes. in a manger in a stable, and three wise men turn up. Uh-huh. And it's not the person they thought it, it they was. They went to the wrong tent. They went to the wrong tent. But even uh, reading up on this, even that was lambasted by Christians as being so uh, her, her, invo- invoking heresy and blasphemy by yeah. speaking that the three wise men wouldn't be wise enough to know to go to the right, <laughs> <laughs> the right manger. You know? And again, it's, it's back to that thing that nothing, uh, everything uh, is protected or some sort of thing. Like, yeah. like nobody else could have children. Yeah. Like there's no way, you know, that's, yeah. Uh, so they, they, they eventually then realize this is not, this is just a guy. Just a boy called Brian. Just Brian, and so they they uh, the journey then is following Brian through, whose mother then is uh, is actually played by Terry Jones, mm-hmm. um, who is just <laughs> a wicked wee bitch. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And uh, he's done that character before, but not quite as fucking Pearson. Really Pearson this year, um, and I mean some of the stuff that the joy I love the whole thing through is. The themes are hitting, obviously, as I say, quite modern and contemporary, but the, the, the feminism end of things in regards to women aren't allowed to go to a stoning yes. event. And which is early on. Yeah. So w- women aren't allowed to go to stoning. So, but there's nothing but women. So stone. they have to buy a beard <laughs> in order to pretend they're men. But then the, the flip of that is that the scene that Connor referred to earlier with the stoning scene... Um, a voice let slip that sounds a bit effeminate. <laughs> yeah, in the group. <laughs> so John Cleese turns around and he's like, are there any women here? And they're all like, no, 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 no. And you still hear it. No, 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 no. <laughs> so that's men playing women. Playing women. Pretending pretend to be men. It was just, yeah, uh, fucking uh, <laughs> unreal. Fucking brilliant. So again, you're hitting into that and you get a lot of that throughout the film uh, in the sense that even you've got uh, members of the People's Front of Judea or yes. the Judean People's Front. Yes. Um, we know, uh, I always get mixed up from the two. <laughs> they're the Judean People's Front, yes. I believe. Right, okay, we'll find out. <laughs> no, yes. they're the People's Front of Judea. The, front the Judea's Judea. People's Front are the, the pro-Zionist the boys that, that kill themselves <laughs> in the end. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, the, you've got um, Reg is John Cleese now, but Eric <laughs> Idle has also got, I mean, he's got transitioning. Questions going on at that time, which no. again in the seventies and late seventies is mental. It's I have way ahead of anything else that was out there. I can't tell you how many times I've watched this film, but only in the most recent uh, climates in the last three to four years, yeah. have I watched this scene again and went, "Holy fuck!" <laughs> I've seen this discussion on Twitter, like yeah, it's literal, a, on a like daily a, basis, like, yeah. and it's not. 
it's done so it's done so tender. Like yeah. it's in no way at any point do John Cleese sort of ask the question, you know, you don't have a worm? How are you you know you're gonna but then they they, they well we'll hear it, but it, it's done so well that it's it's incredible. Otosnoses, ocelots, spleens, got any nuts? I haven't got any nuts, sorry. I've got wren's livers, badger spleens. No, no, no. Otters noses? I don't want that Roman rubbish. Why don't you sell proper food? Proper food? Yeah, not those rich imperialist tidbits. Oh, don't blame me. I didn't ask to sell this stuff. All right, bag of otters noses then. Make it two. Two. Thanks, Reg. Are you the Judean people's front? Fuck off. What? <laughs> Judean people's front. Well, the people's front of Judea. Judean people's front. Oh, wankers. Can I join your group? Nah, piss off. I didn't want to sell this stuff. It's only a job. I hate the Romans as much as anybody. Are you sure? Oh, dead sure. I hate the Romans already. Listen. If you wanted to join the PFJ, you'd have to really hate the Romans. I do. Oh yeah, how much? A lot. Right, you're in. Listen, the only people we hate more than the Romans are the fucking Judean people's front. Yeah. 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 And the Judean popular people's front. Oh yeah. yeah. Split. Split. And the people's front of Judea. Yeah. Splitters. What? The people's front of Judea. Splitters. We're the people's front of Judea. Oh, I thought we were the popular front. <laughs> people's front. Whatever happened to the popular front? Eh? He's over there. <laughs> of course, everything I've just referenced isn't in that fucking scene. Yeah, that's the scene uh, of, of the breakaway group. Yeah, so the People's Front of Judea or the Judean People's Front. Well, that, that's um, that's a note perfect fucking satire as well of the amount of splitter groups that appear out of different theologies mm-hmm. and who's got what and who's right on this. And well, we would know a thing or two in this country about uh, group splitting and uh, becoming splitters. For fuck's sake! <laughs> but yeah, I mean, in in one minute forty, they summed up the whole thing. Yeah. It really did, and took the piss out of uh, in in so many ways, just in the space of uh, such a short period of time, which is pretty class, to be honest with you. Um, so yeah, I mean, we didn't uh, we we played the wrong clip there, but that was intentional. Yeah, of course we did it on purpose. Basically, what they're saying in the other clip is that uh, that that a man or a woman wanting to transition to the other gender uh-huh. has it within their right to do that. Yes, uh, even though. Jesus, this is murky topic, eh? I could walk in and out of something here. <laughs> no, Basically, just, it's good. I'm just staying quiet. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to bow out here for a minute. Anybody want some it peanuts? Is, or? It is genuinely, uh, it's uh, it's genuinely sort of a, almost a, a, a taboo subject now. Imagine 1978. I, I, whenever it's been filmed. I mean, it? it's 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 so unbelievable that they they I, actually had the balls to to address no pun intended no pun. to address the actual topic. But even later, when it shows them all sitting around the table when they're planning to uh, to kidnap Pilot's wife, yeah, and they're all planning. He refers them after that. Eric Idle says he wants to transition to a woman. <laughs> not in them words. They actually refer to each other not as brothers anymore. He refers to them as siblings. Yes, <laughs> like it's like, so it's, fucking it's, like it's it's, it's no so perfect. Like absolutely it's, no perfect is a correct description of it because it's uh, and it has to be down to the fact that they're a team. Mm-hmm. I don't think any single writer could have come up with ever. You know, if you look at Faulty Towers, 
and he's working with Connie Booth. Yep. And there's still we sort of it's brilliant, but there's still there's a wee bit of fat around the meat. Yeah. This here has been trimmed so tight. I guess that 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 last scene was a minute and forty. Like that is pure genius condensed mm-hmm. into short. And then you multiply that by 30, 40 scenes, mm-hmm. you've got the film. Yeah. Uh, every one of them is just I mean, I use I still use the the a scene from this film when I'm doing training for committees. No, what scene are you referring to? The there's a scene, the committee scene. Hold on, let's see uh, if I can find it. So the, it's basically uh, nothing has changed. Mm-hmm. That was 1979. I I would use that today, and, and that's in fact, them. I would nearly say it means more today than it did back then. That's them as a comedy troupe who would have wrote that scene based on knowledge of Oxford or Cambridge meetings, yeah. and All so that that's them talking yeah. about the 60s. Yeah. So from the 40s, 50s, 60s, right through to today, these meetings. I often would go out to the bin at night <laughs> on a weeknight and hear like a loud whimper and think, Keezy's at a council meeting. Because <laughs> that's the noise I make when somebody goes, who's taking minutes? And you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yes. Well, this <laughs> you're the noise. Of it. Nobody listened to this, by the way. <laughs> not one politician Not one uh, fucking government organisation Actually went and listened to this That's why I use it now in training But yeah, this is uh, basically how not to run a committee Right, now, uh, item four Attainment of world supremacy within the next five years uh, Francis, you've been doing some work on this? Yeah, thank you, Reg Well, quite frankly, siblings I think five years is optimistic Unless we can smash the Roman Empire within the next 12 months 12 months, yeah, 12 months And let's face it As empires go, this is the big one so we've got to get up off our asses and stop just talking about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. It's action that counts, not words, and we need action now. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. We could sit around here all day talking, <laughs> passing resolutions, making clever speeches. It's not a shift. One Roman soldier. So let's just stop gabbing on about it. It's completely pointless and it's getting us nowhere. Right. right. I agree. This is a complete waste of time. <laughs> what? what? New motion. Completely new motion. Uh, that. Uh, that there be uh, immediate action. Uh, once the vote has been taken. Well, obviously, once the vote's been taken, you can't act on a resolution until you've voted. Right, right, right. In the, in the light of fresh information from uh, Sib and Judith. Oh, not so fast, Reg. Reg, for God's sake! It's perfectly simple. All you've got to do is to go out of that door now and try to stop the Romans nailing him up. It's happening, Reg! Something's actually happening! Yeah. Hello. Another little ego trip from the feminists. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, Lorena. Uh, I will read that back, would you? <laughs> but then apologizes, Derek. Derek, because he now sees himself. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, it's mad. You know, she's Sue Jones. Uh huh. She actually, he, Terry Jones later on calls her uh, a Welsh tart. Right. Yes. She she is Welsh. Right. Okay. She was the mayor of uh, Aberystwyth, right. and uh, she found out Aberystwyth. Aber Aberystwyth. Aberystwyth. How do you know that so well? Is that not Aberystwyth? Why, why, what happened there? Is that not a football team? No. Aberystwyth? Aberystwyth? Are we saying it right or wrong now? Aberystwyth is the place. That's yeah. the way it's... Yeah. She was the mayor, right? I right. found out that there was a ban on the life of Brian for 30 years. Why was there a ban? Why would you think there was a ban based on everything we've been talking about? Oh, religion, obviously. Because of her nude scene. 
Get out. She was the mayor of the town that was banning this. <laughs> so she lifted the ban. Brilliant. And lifted her. Aye. But anyway. <laughs> there is there is obviously that but a uh, uh, full frontal nudity from Graham Chapman. Graham well. gets the langer Graham right? gets the bio out. Full bio. There are so I, I mean I, I assume I've never actually looked at Jack. I assume this was an eighteen when it actually ever oh, got it certified. Was X? They, were yeah, they, didn't, they, they wouldn't certify no, it, but when no, it finally no. did. But I think it's only a fifteen now if you I believe it's fifteen. Yeah. We had the VHA. That's right. <laughs> the I remember finding this maybe around about 97, 98, uh, just because I was reading, reading uh, Total Fuller magazine, mm-hmm. and it was like top 50 column. Yeah. I was like, oh, i got to see this. And uh blew me away, because it was at that point you were sort of questioning your relationship with religion, and mm-hmm. and then they put that spin on it, you're like, oh, holy fuck. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> it really just, it, it, it caused more questions than it answered. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you multiply that then by what happened across America, because it really took to it as well, mm-hmm. um, eventually. It was the highest the grossing sort of British film in America from yeah. 78, 79, 80. Um, which is huge, if you think of... Oh, a massive. Uh, yeah. Independent film company, too. Like They made their money back in the world. Well, George Harrison, but he knows what it is. He knew what he was at. Right, like. Fucking singing away. Hey, can't buy me love, no, I'm going to buy you a Porsche. Buy you a fucking Porsche, right? <laughs> Doesn't buy security for his house, though. Oh, Controversial. <laughs> Controversial. Thought I'd have bigger gates, like, the Beatle. <laughs> Fuck's sake, George. I love uh, George Harrison. I, I feel right. bad for saying that. That's all right, he's dead now. He's dead. Uh, but, um, I mean, what a legacy. Life of Brian. So we, 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 we sort of see then that it does ultimately follow this sort of loose, mm-hmm. very loose connection. But what I loved about when I first watched it was <laughs> you're sitting going, well, what, what if Christ wasn't the one? Yes. And that's but they don't whole, tackle that. But that is the question that's asked. But that they never the, say yeah. it because but it's so it's, easily of to be a mean mistaken identity. Of and all course. The rest. But the thing is, even when you see Christ at the Sermon on the Mount, they do it with such grace. He's got a glow around him. There's mm. a halo, and they they don't. But then they walk away, and like you say, it's the idiot at the back that yeah. starts our tale. Yeah. This, that isn't the tale that's being told here. No. It's a completely different. And as you say, quite cinematic and quite yeah. It was like, a yeah. 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 Um, one one of my favorite bits in it is uh, Palin, Michael Palin, as the leper. Yeah, <laughs> and this again is just when you sit and and I suppose as a team of comic writers, mm-hmm. and you're sitting and you thrash out and really get down to the nuts and bolts of what would have been happening in the Bible. So never in my lifetime, and I'd read all the Bible stories because obviously we come from quite a, a Christian country. Mm-hmm. Uh, never once had I thought about. A leper being cured, who not didn't really want to be cured. That was his. <laughs> that was his life. That was his income. That's how he begged for money. Oh. And then this, <laughs> this this boy turns up and cures him, uh, says nothing, and walks on. And I just love that I'm going bloody do gooder, <laughs> 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 bloody do gooder. So I, I like, it's so fucking just unbelievable. Cause I never had en- that had never entered my head before. No, the no, 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 no. Never had. had didn't really understand leprosy when I was younger, you know, mm. not that I know it well now, but, you know, you heard it in the Bible and you heard it mm-hmm. in... And then the idea that to bring that modern twist of... Yeah. A fucking... Who's he think he is? Penny's for next leper. So, doing something good. Yeah. yeah, there's a row of lepers who are all begging for money and then there's one boy who looks grand. <laughs> He's bouncing. He's bouncing around. <laughs> and even at the end when he leaves him, you see him dancing around like the horse shit <laughs> manure on the ground and he's still sort of... But he says he based that on like... Uh, 
you know, like uh, Cockney oh, yeah. beggars oh, see, in London. Yeah, absolutely. Come and they'd on. always be cheeky chappies. Yeah. Oh, my God, you got some five pence for me, mate. And all that there. And they'd always be sort of hopping around you like they're on something. So he put it like in a, a medieval twist on it. Uh, so, yeah, we, we, we see Brian's journey. Then he sort of gets a, a I suppose he becomes a, a, a hero amongst the people's front of Judea. Accidentally. By accident, because again, another fucking <laughs> brilliant take on school, you know, just yep. being a school and being taught a language. Uh, I never, I suppose we came from the generation, didn't we didn't have to do Latin, mm-hmm. but this was obviously in, in the late 70s, they're talking about being in school in the 40s and 50s, where Latin was taught, and it, it was such a cliche, um, and probably has been accentuated by this, mm-hmm. such a cliche of the teacher grabbing you by the hair, and you know. That's not right. Mm-hmm. You know how many? What's the what's the, what's the common verb of that? What's the yeah, plural? Yeah, of this yeah. you know, and so then for him to be given a task of just writing once, uh, Romans go home. Mm-hmm. He ends up getting caught by uh, Cleese and Co. A centurion. Yeah, <laughs> but that again, what forty seconds to a minute? Uh, but brilliant! It's just pure class. And Cleese of, was a, a Latin teacher. Yes, yes. he taught Latin. <laughs> So he obviously went through school and university with hearing that type of person say that stuff that type of way. Yeah, yeah. and so then ultimately he, uh, and such a great comedic take on it, he ultimately says, well, you better do it a hundred times. Yeah, do it a hundred <laughs> times in the big wall. So when the, when the people's front of Judea get up the next morning, the whole fucking city is completely covered in uh, Romans go home mm-hmm. and Brian is the Messiah. Or so we think. Or so we think. Um, but this, it's, the, it's the scene after... It's after he gets captured and he goes to Pilate and he sneaks away and they're planning on trying to get him out. Mm-hmm. And he, they're all sitting in this hovel with this old man harboring these, uh, you know, splitter groups who are sitting planning revolution on Rome and getting the Romans out of, you know, Judea. And, all. and the, the, the Romans come to the door because Brian leads them there. Uh-huh. And when, when the old boy comes to the door... He has this discussion, which I still think about to this day, with the, with Cleese as the Roman centurion about why crucifixion is a better way of going than getting stabbed. <laughs> and every time Cleese keeps saying to him, "You're a weirdo," <laughs> like to this old man, because he prefer to be crucified than stabbed. And every time they go in to search for Brian, and all these Romans come marching out like fucking hundreds of them, he has another wee brief discussion with them. And at one point, he actually says to him, <laughs> "He says." It's I suppose it, it's nice being outside when you're getting crucified. And he goes, stop saying that. <laughs> like he's all he's all disconcerted by this boy being so into a certain way of dying. Yeah. <laughs> like, but it, like it's so weird. But I mean, so small, like uh, like the nuanced sort of writing. Mm-hmm. They say that that would that boil down a lot to them. They they went to Barbados, yeah, for two weeks on a holiday as a team. Um, just when they were towards the end of sort of writing it and just wanted to get it cemented. Most of them thought it was a bad idea because they were going to go fucking party. But they, they got a right bit done, I think. And well, they, they got, got a good bit really done. chiseled down. But again, they, they say that they wrote in certain groups. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like Palin and Terry Jones would write together. Eric Idle liked to write alone. But then they'd all come together. And you even see it on a documentary, like a BBC documentary about um, the behind the scenes of this, where the boy, they all end up sitting at a table together lots of times. Yeah, yeah. Like they'd all have their own individual ideas, but they come together and go, does this work here? Does that not work here? And there's even scenes that were cut out that were just a wee bit too controversial about pro Zionists and referring to them as Nazis and all. And it's a bit too fucking close the, to the, the Jewish Nazi, yeah. Yeah. Otto. Aye, Otto. Otto. Otto yeah. Who turns up at the end. 
Yeah, I, I, as the Judean people's front. I remember seeing the documentary and Gilliam saying that they should never have cut it out. He he loved it because it, if you skewer one, you have to skewer yeah, the other. So, uh, but it basically, well, actually, it's it's again quite relevant to today, where they didn't mind fucking off Christianity. No, but don't mess with the Jews because of America, because of America and the Hollywood influence. So mm-hmm. they didn't want to do that. So took it out. But then you've got this really random suicide pact turning up at the end, Aye. which just completely out of. And they've got Hitler moustaches and they yeah. speak German. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. And you're going, but I think if you see the, but it is on the Criterion scene. Blu-ray. Oh, is it? I it, I, all the okay. scenes are on it. But there's also another scene that they never filmed that they had the original thought when they were writing this, or just after Eric Idle put the notion out there of Jesus Christ lost for glory. Mm-hmm. There's a scene where Jesus is on the cross and it's all rickety. And he's telling the Romans as a carpenter how to build a better crucifix. (laughs) Now that would have been interesting because that's a direct, that's a direct hit. I never knew that existed. I I used to do a bit uh, and stand up about the crucifixion and just about how it was very unrealistic. Mm -hmm. You know, because, you know, you know, CCTV, no electric, no, you know. He had 11 mates he did, he, he did have 12 But he lost one He had 11 mates And he couldn't have got 11 mates to come together With a couple of buckets of water To put out the fire <laughs> And could he not Like find a ladder And a fucking claw hammer Yeah And I mean When your dad's a fucking carpenter He's not fine <laughs> I didn't do that too often That bit uh, no, I didn't go down too well no. in, Around the, the rural areas of Armagh But anyway There was uh, another <laughs> story though That the that they were going to do Brian was going to be The 13th disciple so right. you read that one? No. And he, but he kept turning up five minutes late and missing all the miracles. <laughs> so that was another thread. But again, it's a direct hit. He's in yeah. the group. That's it, yeah. So they had so to pull you way had to back. Way back, so it completely is, is gone past. So then what, what you get then is is sort of the... Uh, I suppose it, it, it turns a spotlight on the fanaticism, mm-hmm. on how an entire swath of a community, or swathe, swath, mm-hmm. swathe, could absolutely just... Idolize somebody and follow their every word and their every move. Yeah. Whilst everybody, else. I suppose it's kind of was a, a, a their way of exposing celebrity and Aye. fame. Aye. Yeah. By going, he's this great, you know. And the parents go, no, he's not. He's just fucking John from downstairs. Aye. <laughs> state of his room. Yeah. Um, so we've got uh, Terry Jones, who again we said was as brilliant as as Brian's mother. Uh, a crowd has turned up outside the house. Well, basically, after um, after the Romans have searched the house, he's fell into the speaker's corner and accidentally <laughs> pretended himself as a messiah by being vague and telling them to fuck off. Yeah. And it just shows you, like, there's a scene where they have a gourd and a shoe and the two splitter groups create, <laughs> in the space of a minute, yeah. two groups disappear with one supporting the shoe and one supporting the gourd. <laughs> and then Spike Milligan fucking turns up. Well, Spikey, Spikey appears then in the middle um, as one of the speakers in Speaker's yeah. Corner. The, the background to him and his mm-hmm. appearance is fucking brilliant too because... He was just visiting? He was on holiday visiting... Uh, North African World North African War II sites. Battlefields where he had fought on and uh, he just decided to come along for... Well, well what, he couldn't get a hotel apparently. What, what they thought, he was coming along for the day. Yes. He shot his stuff in the morning and he was to do the close-ups and all in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, but lunchtime came and he went, no, nah, fuck it, I'm on holiday. He just fucked off. <laughs> so you do get Spike Milligan, which is a lovely link between the goons. Uh, Absolutely. Obviously, and, and Monty Python. But it's a it's a faraway shot. That's all you've got of yep. him towards the end. You don't see any close-up and that's why, because he fucked off when he got f- back on his holiday. He fucked off, but also the haggling scene is, uh, Michael Palin says they stole that directly from the goons. 
Right, okay. And it was an homage to them as well. Oh, my okay. But it was already, like, shot. They heard Spike Milligan was in the area, and they went, he's in somewhere. I don't care where yeah, the fuck just he's, get in, him in, he's in. Get him in anywhere, yeah. Um, so this, then, uh, because of Speaker's Corner, then so Brian Speaker's is Corner, he's now a messiah. He, he meets up with Judith again, who, by the way, is called Judith Iscariot. <laughs> Full name. Right. Judith and him get, get jiggy. And uh, Brian goes to open the shutters after a night of uh, fornication, and... <laughs> There's a fucking crowd of, of hundred so people, and uh, yeah, Langer out, Langer uh, out, put in the fucking breeze, as every Messiah should do. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, this is his mother coming to find out what is going on. I, I, Terry Jones just tells a great story about this about the crowd that there were mainly extras from the area, and they didn't really some of them. He thought, well, they don't really speak English, so oh I'm yeah, they'd be Muslim w- I'm, women. I'm going to have to overdub this. <laughs> but he said once I shouted out what they said, they just phonetically said it back to me, and he Brilliant. ended up using the original soundtrack. So oh, this fuck is, uh, uh, there's no overdubbing in this one, which is great. Hello, mother. Don't you hello, mother me? What are all those people doing out there? Oh well, I uh... come on. What have you been up to, my leg? I think they must have popped by for something. Popped by? Swarmed by, more like. There's a multitude out there. They they started following me yesterday. Well, they can stop following you right now. documentary called Very Naughty Boys yeah. just about them <laughs> it's such a good line probably one of the most famous lines ever he's not the messiah he's a, he's a very naughty boy uh-huh. uh, again just that whole parenting yeah. of somebody that's young and you know uh, sticking up and going no he's just a <laughs> he's just a naughty yeah, boy he's just a fucking idiot in my house uh, yeah so I mean you, 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 you could dissect this so much because every there's so many visual jokes mm-hmm. um, even the the original scene with Pontius Pilate, um, with the guards trying to laugh. I mean, audio-wise, it, it wouldn't work, but, I mean, visually, it just gets me every time. Uh-huh. You know, when you're watching somebody n- trying not to laugh, it is fucking hilarious. Yep. It is oh, unreal. Absolutely. Uh, I, 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 most of those uh, early 2000s, late 90s American comedies, 90% of them are shite, but most of them have a blooper reel at the end. Uh-huh. And I laugh more at the fucking blooper uh, reel than I do anything else. Like, yeah. Uh, so we get towards the end, which unfortunately, due to some, uh, again, uh, mistaken identity and all the rest, um, Brian ends up being led towards crucifixion. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert, just in case you didn't know the story of Jesus. And uh, so... Praise th- Jesus. <laughs> throw it in there. <laughs> he's, he's, he's carrying the cross. So again, another great fucking... Yeah. A great just... A, a complete taking apart of an idea... <laughs> Crucifixion, good. <laughs> Next door to the left, <laughs> they're lining no, them up to carry their own Eric fucking. Idol going. Crucifixion, nah. <laughs> no, I'm taking the piss. You're taking the piss, nah, nah. And even the and two. Then he bo- on and goes, oh, I'm only joking. I'm actually. <laughs> <a crucifixion." laughs> even the two boys that are helping, 
What? Terry Gilliam. Yeah. And there we go. go. Don't listen to the episode. He's He's monster. And you're like, fuck me. Like, they leave no air. Like, <laughs> no. There's no gap. And the fucking slapping of the head to get uh, the words out. And the Eric Idle is fucking brilliant. Oh, uh, so good. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you've, you've got them going towards the end. And, and uh, even the producers, when the, you, you watch the documentaries about this, they always talk about whenever they finally turned up on the day. Well, the first day, because it turns out they were on the cross for much like Christ, they were on for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. They that when they turned up on the on the hill and seen all these crosses up, it was quite a fucking. They realized then that that, that the imagery was quite intense mm-hmm. and it was going to be <laughs> maybe controversial. Well, here the, the, just before we get to the end of this, there's a few things we just have to talk about. This was massively controversial. Oh yeah, yeah. this was fucking uh, the I brief don't snippet you hear. Think at the start. there's been a film since. I mean, Tarantino in the early days was a bit of controversy. No, nothing like this. this. Nothing this like is this. fucking yeah. proper. Um, even like when they ask in the film, "What have the Romans ever done for us?" It's based <laughs> on a joke in the Talmud, the Jewish theology book. Right, like, okay. the, like it's it's that in depth. There's stuff in there you really have to dig to get. Terry Gilliam said, "I thought at least getting the Catholics, the Protestants, and the Jews all protesting against our movie was fairly ecumenical on our part. <laughs> we had achieved something useful." <laughs> The, the, the theologian Richard Bird said, "Life of Brian is an extraordinary tribute to the life and work of Jesus." that they couldn't actually blaspheme or make a joke out of. It is a wonderful satire in the way that Jesus' own teaching has been used to persecute others, which is bang on. Uh They were satirizing fundamentalism and persecution of others, and at the same time saying the one person who rises above all this, who rises above all this, sorry, was Jesus. So at no point, and when you look into all the protests and what happened after, most people never saw the film. Most of them are basing on what somebody else said. Even the guys. Thankfully, the world has changed for the better. Run that doesn't happen. Anymore. You're fucking right there, Con. <laughs> Even the guys that they have the speed that the guys that went on that Friday night Saturday morning show, um, Malcolm Muggeridge and Mervyn Stockwood, mm-hmm. the Bishop, they admitted after that they'd missed the first fifteen minutes, <laughs> so they didn't get the whole reveal of it's not Jesus, it's not about Jesus. Uh, they didn't see the Sermon on the Mount. They didn't see them going to the wrong manger. They thought they were directly talking about Christ. So they had a full hour discussion on that program where Michael Palin and John Cleese, if you want, it's online. You want to look it up, you really should watch it. Yeah, it's great. Because the two young comedians come out of it wanting a proper discussion and the two religious fucking heads and the satirist just point score and look like absolute tubes. Pure rhetoric and just wanting to, yeah, create that political theatre as always. But the two guys are so cool. They've done their homework. Mm -hmm. So a member of Harrogate Council about mocking faith one, or one of those that banned the film, one of the councils that banned it, revealed during a tele- tele- television interview afterwards that the council had never seen the film and based their opinion exclusively on what they were told at the Nationwide Festival of Light. Yes. The the National Festival of Light were the ones who led the charge. In, from the start? From the start, um, backed by Mary Whitehouse. Um, but again, it was back to that thing. They had only received 11 pages of the script. So they hadn't. So they hadn't. They couldn't. Be, they hadn't seen any of the film. So they didn't get the reference so at all. The reference they didn't seen a part, and I think it was the part um, where they're talking about um, the manger and stuff. Like, you know, so they didn't really see anything uh, of any importance to explain. Because I, I, I assumed when you watch that interview, you assume the two religious heads have just assumed that they're telling the story of Christ, but they've changed the name to Brian. Yeah, yeah, he thinks it's actually you know, and, and again, missed the whole point of it, missed the whole yeah, it's, comedy it's, of it. But I think then it boosted it uh, to the level it did. Then 
John because Cleese famously young, said it made him rich. Well, a young generation then who were starting to rebel against the old established um, religious heads and and sort of power hungry fuckers. Mm-hmm. That was it was almost like a revolution. Well, absolutely. Well, there's you've got two clear combatants: this old guard of the Christianity that mm-hmm. are that are there just going. You've you've made a tenth great film that no one would watch, and then these young, educated upstarts who are clearly making a a, a proper debate out of this. Mm-hmm. You've got one side or the other. Which one would you fucking go for? And yeah. if you were a teenager growing up with a bit of discussion in your own head about religion or you well, know the way that the world is viewed, know, or I'd love to know what sort of rows it's caused in houses between oh, fathers and sons oh, and mothers Jesus and daughters. Uh, it would have been brutal because that sort of that was a that was a very impactful cultural shift. Mm-hmm. It happened so instantly with one film, yeah. where an entire theology was just not destroyed, but just really, really picked apart mm-hmm. and made you think differently about it. Yeah, which is, I mean, that's I mean that's why it's on this. You know, that's why it's garnered such high praise as being a, a best of best. Well, episode. like you said. <laughs> I my history of it is me and Cormac were mad Monty Python fans, and any time we go to the you new know, the Belfast incursion, you would take us mm-hmm. away and up on the bus or up with mum and dad. We would go into Virgin Megastore right. and get the next video in the series of the Monty Python collection. So you weren't getting there was no fucking repeat viewings of no, no. there was no UK gold showing it you know day and night. So we would buy the next video, and I think we got the whole collection. But then the films came into was, play. Yeah, but like you, the films only came into play because I was reading Total Film going, how long? This is the best comedy ever made. Yeah, They're the boys was, I like. Why beaten, is this in the best comedy ever made? It was beating some of the top comedies I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, it was up there with fucking Aeroplane and all. I was yeah. going, how long am I? So we had a lot of, uh, I mean, uh, I suppose the, the, the cultural impact, all the, the, the Pythons obviously went on to be successful in their own right, whether mm-hmm. it's Palin traveling or Cleese with films or whatever. Terry Gilliam, obviously. Um, probably best. the most successful. Probably the most successful post in to, out of all of yeah, them. Um, in regards to big budget films, anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, the, the the joy of this then was that this kind of became uh, a standard to reach, which is great yeah. for other comedy makers. Mm-hmm. Anybody who was into that had to know that there was such work went into the script mm-hmm. and so many detailed layers that it had to improve screenplays for future. And I would argue to say that comedies definitely took a turn for in the 80s for a better it definitely broke a uh, glass roof but but nobody touched on it again no, but it, but people no. were, weren't as afraid to touch on something that was previously held as you know sacrosanct do yeah. not touch definitely um, so the final scene then and probably one of the most controversial of it all uh, yeah. was the ending um not that there not that there was a a, a list that wasn't controversial in this but i think this one was uh, even referenced there in the clip earlier on yeah about making a song and dance about the crucifixion well it's the image yeah the image automatically brings a lot of you know some people you know sit back from it some yeah. people go directly into it it's it's hard to it's hard to separate this part from the they say it's not heresy it's not blasphemy but both those words are very deep, mm. and you can sort of see what people. But without watching the see, film, without watching the film, thing. But if you seen this clip, yes, which you, was you would the, get a bit of if you I were. I think it that became way. a music video, essentially. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, that in itself, I mean, it's, so. it's going to be it's going to be quite uh, rough. I mean, I, again, I don't think we've seen anything like this since. No, of making light. Nobody to dares it. to. But again, did it not shine a light on the? Re- ridiculous level of hypocrisy that Jesus talked yeah. about love and life and mm-hmm. you know all that sort of stuff uh, and yet you're not allowed to sing 
And yeah, Terry who Jones. are we to know what happened at the crucifixion? Exactly. And <laughs> did it happen? Um, <laughs> Eric Idle was saying, it's not too bad when you're up here. It's not too bad when you're up here. <laughs> uh, so yes, Eric Idle had this song. Uh, he, he had an idea for a song. He sang it to them. Terry Jones is on record saying he fucking hated it. Yeah. Um, but they had no other ending. And they thought, well... We'll give it a go. Um, <laughs> if you're going to go out, go out in a blaze of glory. Fucking right. They just um, had a spaceship flying through the middle of the fucking thing. Why yeah, not just go not? a completely why different not? direction altogether? Uh, so but even even the dead Judean people's front, <laughs> whistling and their feet moving on the ground, yeah. and they've just committed Harry Carey, like they've just killed themselves. So you're going, <laughs> yeah. I fuck it, go absurdly. Uh, so yes, if you haven't, uh, 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 hopefully you've seen Life of Brian, and uh, this might encourage you to go back for a rewatch. I know some people like to listen in because it, uh, it just, incentivizes them to go and listen to something or, or watch something. So go and check out Life of Brian if you get the chance. Um, and remember... But, but before we finish, seemingly the last waltz has fucking kicked us into some sort of bizarre other world. Oh. I got more requests for what to do than ever this week. Right? Oh, there you are. So. Which we don't mind because sometimes it gives me good ideas. Yeah. One guy who will know who he is, I'm not going to say what he recommended, but... It's definitely definitely one we haven't thought of, and okay. we should definitely do. That'll do. Like that. So we do we do enjoy them. Sometimes I come back with, sometimes it's first thing in the morning, and I've just <laughs> woke up and I'm going, eh, we've really done that or something. But you're, you're I'm very, not annoyed. You're, here, listen, listen. If you do send in any uh, contact to us, just be be grateful. It's Ronan replying. <laughs> you're right, and it's not easy in the school run. <laughs> uh, so yes, go take a look at Life of Brian and uh, follow up then with uh, Holy Grail and uh, Meaning of Life. S- and Meaning of Meaning Life. Life as well. It's a brilliant film. Uh, and I mean, this is the ending, and I mean, what a way to end. It turned out this film, I think, is one of the number one songs played at funerals. No way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's up there with uh, My Heart Will Go On with Celine Dion. Oh, God. Yes. So uh, this would, if I had to choose between the two now, this would be at my funeral. But, Brian, you know what they say? Some things in life are bad. They can really make you mad. Other things just make you swear and curse. When you're chewing on life's gristle, that grumble. Give a whistle, and this'll help things turn out for the best. And always look on the bright side of life. Always look on the light side of life. If life seems jolly rotten, there's something you've forgotten, and that's to laugh and smile and dance and sing. When you're feeling in the dumps, don't be silly chumps. Just purse your lips and whistle, that's the thing. And always look on the bright side of life. Come on! Always look on the right side of life. For life is quite absurd, and death's the final word. You must always face the curtain with a bow. Forget about your scene. Give the audience a grin. Enjoy it. It's your last chance anyhow. So always look on the bright side of death. Just before you draw your terminal breath. Life's a piece of shit. When you look at it, life's a laugh and death's a joke, it's true. 
You'll see it's all a show. Keep them laughing as you go. Just remember that the last laugh is on you. And always look on the bright side of life. Always look on the right side of life. Come on, Brian, cheer up. Records available in the foyer. Some must quite live as well, you know. Who do you think pays for all this rubbish? Always look on the money back, you know. I told him. I said to him, Bernie, I said, they'll never make that money back.